What we are very proud of now, the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, it's true in France now, mm -hmm. I mean with the president, with the young global leader, president of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. I know that half of this cabinet or even more are for our actually young global leaders of the world. We're not going to tell you what they're saying. We're going to show you how they're saying it and exactly what the results are. And you can judge for yourself. Maybe you want further globalization. Maybe you want to see the continued erosion of our culture, our society, and the erosion of our traditional values. We take you into this following the medical, economic, financial, and yes, military implications of these new agendas and of these new programs. And we call it the Great Global Reset. Well, every orchestra needs a conductor. Premiering at Defeating the Great Reset, a Turning Point USA event, September 17th, Phoenix, Arizona. Reset.tpusa.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is September 2nd, 2022, Anno Domini. First up tonight, the road to indictment, Joe Biden's red sermon. Next, power company Excel seizes control of thermostats in Colorado during a heat wave. Third, Project Veritas has a new story out. A New York City private school director is boasting about sneaking political agendas into the classroom. And finally, from great resignation to the great regret, workers who quit their jobs now wish they hadn't. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Democracy endures only if we, the people, respect the guardrails of the republic. Only if we, the people, accept the results of free and fair elections. Only if we, the people, see politics not as total war, but mediation of our differences. Democracy cannot survive when one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. Either they win or they were cheated. And that's where the MAGA Republicans are today. So, look, it's as simple as this, okay? We could be upset about this speech, and you should be. You should feel outraged. But I want to say something very directly. He's doing exactly what he set out to do. And we explained this a month ago. This is following the same script that we've seen in banana republics, fake republics, post-Soviet countries, Latin America, South America, Middle East. Simple, okay? You have to connect the dots to understand why President Biden gave this speech last night. At Independence Hall, defiling the sacred ground on whence, from whence, our country was founded where George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams sat and debated the Declaration of Independence, where the Continental Congress birthed our Constitution and our country. 
our very form of government. And this guy goes there, painting it in blood red. Also, by the way, defiling our United States Marine Corps while doing so. Doesn't talk about the fact that Philadelphia is a complete slaughterhouse of carnage right now. There's enough blood on the streets of Philadelphia every weekend to paint Independence Hall darker red than Joe Biden did every single week. We didn't talk about that. He's talking about people, regular people, good people, getting up and running for school board or wanting to be poll workers. Just understand what's going on. You are living through a regime and you're watching a movie. I'm going to explain to you how this works. First, there's a pre-dawn raid on the former leader's home. Next, evidence is released of treason, national security crimes. Then, the enemy speech, the enemy of the people speech. Okay, so we've got to act three of despotism, red despotism. Or this, as, as um, Steve Cortez, got to give him credit for it. Steve Cortez, the great Steve Cortez, had the incredible label for this, the Red Sermon. The Red Despot is what I would say. So the Red Despot has given his enemy of the people speech, declared MAGA, all MAGA Republicans, MAGA Americans, you're all enemies of the people. And what's step four? The indictment and the arrest of President Donald J. Trump. Okay, that's coming. Just understand and internalize this. We are living through the era of a despot and a regime. But I want to go now and hear from you because I said I would do this, and so I'm going to do it. I reached out on Telegram, on Getter, and on Truth Social, and I said, send me your comments, and I'll read some of them. So here we go. I said, what did you think of Biden's speech? I want to hear what you thought of Biden's speech. Biden jumped the shark. Even Lincoln didn't demonize his Confederate opponents like this. That's from Vernon. Dan had the first one. Uh, Timmy, I'm, I'm agnostic, but man, this looks demonic. Don says he has no other choice than to get more radical. He knows Trump is going to expose him. Sarah says they doctored the image by removing the puppet strings. Eric, only a battered wife or abused child would believe this gaslighting Daisy. Joe's a pillow biter. Beth, I think Biden is worried about my son Hunter movie coming out next week. So he's lashing out preemptively from Getter. Mr. Nobody writes in, Biden is trying to distract from the real problems. Economy, rising crime, drug pandemic, border, gas prices, getting rid of ranked voting, fighting with McCarthy, McConnell, who most MAGA distrust. Another rhinos is not an important message. We need to watch our pocketbooks. That's what's going on. From Truth, we've got one here that it says, it looks like a cult ritual, some kind of meeting for the elites. And I got this great email in from Salt Lake City from a student, a college student who says he wants to help. Folks, we are going to get through this. Ethan in Salt Lake, I'm going to get back to you because we're going to join together and we're going to take this movement to move on. Labor Day weekend is upon us. Let me tell you, folks, I know, I know that they're saying this is the end of summer. I get that. But let me tell you something. My family, we've had an amazing summer. We got the fire pit going. We got fireworks. And every single time that we go out there on the weekends, sometimes during the week too, by the way, we fire up on the grill brand new burgers and steaks 
from Good Ranchers. I love them. Tanya Tay loves them. Jack-Jack. Even AJ will break off little pieces for baby AJ. And baby AJ will get in on those Good Ranchers too. Because, and funny enough, here's what's so interesting. When, 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 uh, so Jack-Jack, he's our four-year-old. When we go to give him um, either it might be the chicken or it might be just a little bit of the burger. We kind of like break it off a little bit. He does not like dipping his in anything. He's never done it. He won't put, he won't even put mustard on it. He won't put ketchup on anything. He's totally against condiments. Meanwhile, AJ, the little one-year-old baby AJ, he'll just go and he'll look right, walk right up. And, and so I used to think maybe this is something that, you know, it's going to come up later. It's going to be something we have to teach him that yes, you can put the good ranchers in the, in the mustard or the dip, whatever, you know, the dip, the honey mustard sauce, whatever it is, depending on what you're eating. But baby AJ just does it. He just straight up, he'll take, you know, if we've got anything that we hand to him, you know, it's usually the little burgers. We kind of just break off a little bit of the crumble and it's so delicious. We love it. So we wanted to share it with AJ and then AJ just boom, pops it right in the dip, pops it right in, just loves it. And he'll sit there. Now he's at the point when we give him good ranchers, he will do it totally by himself. And so I'm looking at this and I said, you know what? Sometimes kids are just different. What can I say? But the, the good thing is they both love their good ranchers. So make sure that you guys go get them for your own families. Goodranchers.com slash poso. It's so great because all of this food, the ribeyes, the T-bones, the New York strips, prime and upper choice, etc., it is delivered straight to your home. Take all the guesswork out. It's easy. And by the way, free shipping with promo code POSO. Go to goodranchers.com slash POSO and make sure to get yours today. It was 90 out and it was right during the peak period. And we see a message like that. We're able to override it. Um, in this case, we weren't. So our thermostat was locked in at 78 or 79. It's a voluntary program. Let's remember that this is something that customers choose to be a part of um, based on the incentives. So it, it helps everybody for people to participate in these programs. It is a bit uncomfortable for a short period of time, but, but it's very, very helpful. It's very, very helpful. Thousands of Excel customers, Excel Power, lost control of their thermostats during what's called an energy emergency. For hours this past Tuesday, 22,000 people. Can you imagine anything more terrifying than that, right? And you get this message up. I wanna make sure we can show this message. It says, temperature locked temporarily. <laughs> I've got, I, no, I've gotta do it in the announcer voice, I'm sorry. Temperature locked temporarily during energy emergency. Due to a rare energy emergency that may affect the local energy grid, your temperature slider has been changed from 8 p.m. to 8 p.m. because you enrolled in a community energy savings program. To opt out, contact us at excelenergy.com. Got it? You can't change the thermostat. Not, temperatures are at 90 degrees. You know, a lot of these thermostats, by the way, have microphones in them and cameras. I'm just saying that. If they're hooked up to the Wi-Fi, you, you do need to understand that. But they will decide what your temperature is going to be. These smart thermostats. Why do you need a, th a smart thermostat for anyway? They'll decide. They will decide what your temperature is going to be. They'll decide how you can live. But hey, we got to go green, right? We got to go green. Who cares? Who cares about your pets, your children? The elderly, oops, sorry about that. Oh, you, you didn't have any way to take care of yourself during the day. Who cares? What else? Over in California, we're hearing the same thing. California has declared a grid emergency, warning of blackouts, electricity use hitting a five-year high as early as next week. Consumers asked to need to, need to conserve, got to conserve. And I love the fact, of course, they're saying, please don't charge your electric vehicles as much. Look, 
Media Matters came after me when on day one of the Ukraine war, I was on War Room and I said, Greta Thunberg is to blame for a lot of this. And they said, Posobiec blaming Ukraine war on Greta Thunberg, how dare he? She's just a kid, what's the point? No, 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 listen to what I'm saying. We pushed green energy and these, these pitiful green energy programs that were not prepared in any way to be able to handle the energy needs and the capacity for the entire electrical grid. Some of them are cute. I get it. Oh, hey, let's, let's throw some stuff up. Let's do this. Hey, we're doing something that makes you feel good, makes you feel real happy. Throw some solar panels up. Destroy your landscapes with wind turbines. But here's the problem, okay? It's called capacity. It's called density. You don't get that with your solar panels. You're not getting that with your wind turbines. It's not enough, and it's not going to work. You can't have modernity and green energy this way with those programs. The problem is, is that there's one type of green energy that they don't want. Starting to change a little bit but that's called nuclear energy. And I'm all for that, by the way. Guess what? I was in the Navy. All of our submarines, nuclear powered. All of our aircraft carriers, nuclear powered. In fact, our aircraft carriers have two nuclear reactors on them, two, right? Because obviously it makes sense, right? So for a nuclear reactor to work, um, of course you need the turbines, you need the hot water, the water is spun up by the irradiation um, uh, depleting. And so you get, you get hotter water, the water speed turns into steam, steam turns the turbines, blah, blah, blah. So what you need is the not only your radioactive fizzle material, but you also need water. You need an unlimited water source. And so that's why you're finding these on rivers or in the case of the Navy, obviously it makes sense. And go read up about Admiral Hyman Rickover. Go read about Admiral Rickover, who was the father of the nuclear Navy because all the way back in the 1950s, he embraced this, and that's why today, even, um, even other countries that have submarines, et cetera, they're not going full nuclear. The Navy's had this. We've been, it's been very, very effective, um, completely revolutionized naval combat. That being said, we need to also be able to revolutionize our countries. We need to be able to revolutionize our states. This is the way to do it. Embrace this, use generation four nuclear, Diablo Canyon just got saved out in California. Let's do it across the country. Expand these programs. When I started there, I was, I hit my whole life. I felt like a double agent or something. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the white boys who feel like very entitled to express their opposite opinions and just push back. Well, there's a huge contingent of them that are just like horrible. They're really awful people. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I, I'm afraid of with the, my white students that are rich. You know? We never show Dexter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just need some vigilante Dexter. Oh, yeah. Here's your community, your target. I just keep trying to like disrupt wherever I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that I'm in this position, I have so many opportunities to do that. Let's go look at this transcript again. I'm going to pull it up right here. Unfortunately, it's the white boys who feel very entitled to express their opinions and just push back. There's a huge contingent of them that are just horrible. And it's like, you know, are you always going to be horrible or are you just going to be horrible right now? Don't know. I think they need to go. I think they're really awful people. They're so protected by capitalism, it makes me sad. Uh, here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing, when you're talking about schools like this, 
when you're talking about the elite schools of New York City. Predominantly, these schools are attended by the children of the 1%. These are elite schools. So what's, what's crazy is that the kids going there, by and large, already have woke parents that are ultra wealthy. And you've got kids who are always going to, to ascribe to whatever the woke ideology flavor of the day is. But notice that she doesn't even care. She doesn't care how, uh, how woke they are. She doesn't care how, how far she wants to go. No, it doesn't matter. And it will never matter. That's what's key. It will never matter for her. And why is this? Because she views her role not as that of a teacher, but a disruptor. So I want to point something out to the left and the right on this and the mindset. So the right's mindset is always, I just want to be left alone. I just want to be left alone. I just want to be left alone. That's the mindset of the right. The mindset of the left is, I'm going to disrupt your families. I'm going to go into your children. I'm going to indoctrinate them. I'm going to treat them like I'm Dexter. She just said, that's the left. The left is arming and training their acolytes and their activists for political activism and political indoctrination of children. But the right turns around and says, oh, I just want to be left alone. I just want to be left alone. Which side do you think is going to win? If one side says, I want to impose my will on society, but the other side says, eh, you know, just let bygones be bygones. I mean, who am I to say, you know, just... Just you do you and let's do this whole, it's like this conservatarian type mindset. And look, if your principles cause you to lose, then maybe just maybe those weren't good principles to begin with. Because that's the other side. And as a teacher at a private school, she's in an institution in a position of power to make those choices. Who do you think that she's going to nominate for scholarships? Who do you think that she's going to nominate for any special programs, travel, et cetera, et cetera? Go down the list. Who's going to get preferential treatment? What certainly isn't those people. No, because she said it right there. If you are white, if you are male, that's someone who's on her list. And she's presupposing that. Now, look, that's one teacher at one school. Where are the conservatives training and recruiting teachers to go into the workforce to retake the institutions. That's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to look at this a little differently than everybody else. And I know that people are going to, to um, protest and demonstrate and do all the stuff outside the school. But I would look at it a different way. I'd say, where's the organization on the right that's doing what the people on the left are doing? Where? And where are the people saying, now, number one, we have to, yes, absolutely have to get rid of this from society. This is a problem. You cannot have this in schools, public or private. That's number one. And if that's a private school, then go to the alumni and say, drop all your donations, all funding whatsoever. Stop sending kids there. Because these are the type of schools you fight to get in. You've got a waiting list that's years long. You've got to like get your kid on the waiting list the moment, he, you know, while they're still pregnant. But what I would turn around and say, conservatives, you're doing nothing to match it. 
Call it the Great Resignation Regret. More than 40 million Americans left their jobs last year in hopes of finding a career with better pay and hours and more satisfaction. A new survey finds nearly half of people who quit their old jobs for new ones during the pandemic say the switch has not met their expectations. It was just kind of a slow burn of, oh, this is taking a lot out of me. Um, I miss my old life. Many other workers have shared that disappointment. Some will leave their jobs thinking that the grass is greener and, um, you know, sometimes grass is grass. The great resignation, this new study out from Jobist, what's it telling us? According to a recent survey from the job search portal, one in four workers who quit their previous jobs say they regret the decision, citing a variety of reasons for their second thoughts. The most common reason for workers' regrets is that they quit without having a new job lined up, and they're finding it harder than they expected to find one. This comes as a surprise given the current labor market where open positions actually far exceed the number of unemployed workers. Other reasons for regretting the decision to quit include missing the people at their old company, disappointment in their new job, and the realization that the one, the old one wasn't so bad after all. According to Jobist, 42% of those who quit their job say their new job hasn't lived up to their expectations, but returning to their old job is not really an option. When asked about a possible return, 59% ruled out that option, while 70, 17% said yes, and 24% said they were open. Education and healthcare workers were apparently most fed up with their old jobs, with 67% of these workers in their fields saying they had no intention of returning to their previous position. Now, why do they regret? Here's the numbers. 40% say that it's harder to find a new job. 22% said they missed the job. 17% said the new job is not what I hoped for. 16% said the old job was actually better than I realized. 9% bad culture or management. And 3% higher pay at the new job wasn't worth it. Now, this is giving us some data, right? It's not, it's not everything, but it does say that 26% who quit their job regret their decision. And I think that's big. And I think that as a society, people are rethinking work. They're rethinking this idea of should we commute every day, an hour a day, 45 minutes a day, whatever it is, lash ourselves to a desk for eight hours a day, typing away some emails, pushing it off so that, uh, you know, so that your company's bottom line goes up a couple of points or the stock price goes up a couple of points. Is it worth it? Is that all life is for? Is that all that matters in the world? I would say no. I would submit no. Find something you love. Find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. It's actually true. If you can find a way to find your passion and then use that also to be, you know, uh, to be bankable. Because here's the thing. The world needs certain things. So you have to look out the world and you say, you've got a certain set of talents. They're God-given talents. And we're told by Christ to use our talents. Okay. So use them, yes, but also find a way that your talents can meet a need in society. Don't just study, you know, with long Wikipedia articles and say, oh, now suddenly I'm a medieval scholar because you No, 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 no. Find something where your, your talent and your skills can be beneficial to society. And guess what? You yourself will not only be happier, but you'll be able to be more successful. You'll be able to contribute more. You'll be able to make more for your family. And if you can, find a way to make yourself have more free time, more work from home. I think that's the best way. Get out of the cubicle farms. Big part of that is getting out of debt. That's why they don't teach you financial literacy. That's why they want you in debt. That they, We're at the point where we're putting food on layaway. You don't even own your food anymore. Klaus Schwab, just like that tweet.
And that is all the time we have for tonight here. Human Events Daily ends out the week. What do we talk about today? The road to indictment, the red sermon. Number two, the power company Excel seizes control of thermostats and the Colorado heat wave. Third, Project Veritas has the NY school director, private school director, boasting about sneaking the political agenda into classrooms. And finally, from great resignation to great reset, workers who quit their jobs wish they hadn't. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework rush, share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and then leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. See, you thought I wasn't going to do it. You said, I switched it up on you. I switched, I did the headlines first, and then I did, yeah, we can do that sometimes. We're very versatile here at Human Events Daily. But we've got a lot coming up. We're going into the weekend. So I want to say God bless to everybody. And I know. I know that that speech that Biden gave last night, that was a moment. That really was a, a moment that we need to talk about in American history because it was a turning point. It was a crucial moment. But we've had other moments like that in our past. Pearl Harbor was one of those moments. I'm not saying it's the same thing. I'm just saying these, we've had these big moments. So we are going to remember that night as a night that will live in infamy. But today's history break, today's history break, September 2nd, 1945, what's the anniversary? President Harry Truman declares VJ Day, victory over Japan, commemorating the formal Japanese surrender to the Allies aboard the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay. We sailed our battleship all the way into Tokyo and demanded and received the surrender of Imperial Japan. This is the United States of America. We are the descendants of the people who fought that war, and we can do great things. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.